you fear the deer? I sure hope so, because this is now a Milwaukee Bucks appreciation podcast. Just kidding. It's America's chompiest podcast, The Pod People. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, but you can call me the Wendy Go Off King. <laughs> I'm Ben Sheets, and guys, I'm here to say once again, it's all about family. <laughs> it really is, if you think about it. Hello, I'm Cleveland Mosier, and really, I just have no idea what to talk about. Well, that's okay, because I got something for us to talk about. It's a new movie that we just saw a week ago. Wow. <laughs> How convenient. It's uh, it's Antlers. It's the movie that uh, we've been seeing previews of. Uh, for or like two years. Since uh, like late 2019. Yeah, two <laughs> like, years. How about uh, it? It got pushed back uh, due to COVID, and it finally came out. Uh, the movie is directed by Scott Cooper, uh, produced by Guillermo del Toro. His name was all over the trailers, like that, like you do. Uh, and the film stars Carrie Russell, Jesse Plemons, and Jeremy T. Thomas. The movie is based on a short story by Nick and Tosca, who also wrote the screenplay for this movie. So he did adapt his own short story for the film. I re- have read the short story twice now. I sent it to you guys. Did either of y'all happen to read it? I didn't have no. time. I forgot. That's okay. Um, I probably had the time. I just forgot. I'm sorry. I, I would have, too. I, mean, but I, don't, I don't care. You can be the expert. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm usually the, the source material guy anyway. Um, Sometimes, so. you know. I, uh, Not always, yeah. but... Uh, I, I, I tend to like to, you know, like Green Knight and other examples. There are times. I did see that Nick Entosca is also the creator and showrunner of the uh, relatively short-lived sci-fi anthology horror series Channel Zero, which I've never seen, but I have heard is really great. Yeah, it um, seems like a cult classic in yeah, some respects. Yeah, like the people, like it was on, it, it aired on Sci-Fi Channel, so, you know, it's never going to get that much acclaim. I mean, I guess The Expanse did until it was, you know, and then it was picked up by Amazon. But, uh, yeah, I, like the people who love Channel Zero are, like, very, very passionate about it. Um, I've always been curious. But, um, yeah, so this is a movie that is a monster movie. It is. And in that, it sure does monster a little bit. It sure does good. monster. When it monsters, it monsters well. I'll say that. Yeah. I I remember when we first saw the trailers for this movie, like two years ago, I was very, very excited. You were for big the movie. hype. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the trailer makes it look very, very cool. It does. Um, and uh, as we continued to see this trailer over the course of two years, my enthusiasm and excitement... Uh, died a little bit as the reality kicked in that it probably would not be a very good movie. <laughs> well, yeah, I I tend to wonder how we would have felt about this film if it had had like a normal release cycle. Yeah, I really couldn't tell you though. Uh, I mean, I honestly, I I feel like I went in. Same. I feel like I went into it with more reasonable expectations. Like I feel like if I had seen it same. when. It was first supposed to come out like in I think it was April of last year when its first release date was. I feel like if I had seen it then, I would have been like way more disappointed. Interesting. Um, because I would have like my hype would have been higher, so I would have been more disappointed that it wasn't the great movie that I wanted it to be. By the time we got around to seeing it, I was like, 
uh, okay, like I ho- I still hope it's good, but if it's not, I've accepted it, and it was okay. Yeah, it was yeah, okay. I, honestly, I thought oh, it, it was right. pretty good. I I thought it was very competently made. It was. I thought it was you good, know? good In, not great. The the problem with it, right, is it feels like a movie that's already showing on like. TNT. Yes. In the afternoons, it's like perfectly 90 minutes. You can see where the commercial breaks are. Like, yeah. it just feels kind of bland. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, although it is the kind of movie that if I was just flipping through like the, the channels, like looking for something to watch on an afternoon and I happen to like stumble across it on TNT, I'd probably watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I, I didn't have a bad time with this movie. Um, I, I just think that it, uh, it could have, with not too many tweaks, I think it could have been a really great uh, little modern monster flick. And I tend to wonder, too, like, I think we're all looking for the same tweaks. It's probably more monster. Yes. Um, and I tend to wonder, like, you know, if that would, if, if if the reality is whether or not that was in the film's budget. But regardless, I agree. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I tend to be, I try to be, like, usually a little bit more forgiving, like, and just enjoy a film for like what it's capable of doing, like within like its its own pipeline, within its own budget. But uh, in the circumstance, I think regardless well, of that, like and, and when I when I say I'm sure they use their budget, it looks like I they say, use their budget very well. When like, I say I want more monster too, it's not necessarily that I need to see more of the monster. Like I think you can use the classic like Jaws trope and keep the monster hidden for most of the film, which they do in this movie. Yeah, uh, too much even un- until the very end. And like yeah, maybe a little bit too much. Like I would have liked to see more of the monster. But I just think that like there there could have been more kills in general. Whether you yeah. show the monster directly or not, like I wanted the monster movie action. Like I wanted this big nasty Wendigo just like running around eating a bunch of people. And the film's body count is kind. I mean, it's not super low, but like it's it's lower than I was hoping for. And it it fills up that time with like what it obviously thinks is like like very poignant character drama that I think like you can see what they're going for, but it all feels a little bit underdeveloped by the end of the movie because like the movie is so short. It is like a tight 90 minutes. And I think that like based on like Scott Cooper's other movies, like shit like Out of the Furnace, like he's very used to making, like, very serious, like, dark character dramas. Like, whether you think they're good or not is is another story. Uh, I thought Out of the Furnace was okay. But th- the style of this movie, like, I was... While, while I was watching, I was like, this is very much like a Scott Cooper film. Like, all the character stuff, I'm like, I can see exactly what he's trying to do here. And maybe if it was a different movie, I would have been more engaged with that stuff. But the whole time, I was just like... Antlers, antlers, yeah. antlers. We're, we're, like, bring the creature. We we know what's where's, coming. Where's and the beast? Here's another problem with like not showing the creature. The trailer shows it. That's true. It shows it in full. Like I, like you you see it and like like very in, in very its, briefly. But in its coolest form, there's a full on shot of it. I I don't think that that should have changed. I think I I just would have loved to have gotten more of that. The way I felt about it was, oh, I should have done my own homework and, and rewatched the uh, rewatched this. But uh, it. To me, it, it felt like an X-Files episode worth of plot. There's a, there's a tight metaphor uh, about abuse, and, you know, the, the monster is a literal, rep- literal representation of that. And we get that, you know, figuratively as well with our protagonist. And to me, like, that's about the, the extent of the depth. 
that I, will, I that I found in it. I thought it's a cool idea, and I'm not saying that there's not more depth to be had, like in that in that subject matter. I just I kind of wanted a little monster bit more. movies. Monster I, movies don't need to have depth. It's See, true. It's is, true. But like, um, I guess like when it comes to the sequence of events that occur, each of those those beats could still exist and be like trimmed down to like a 30 minute yeah, like agreed. TV show, agreed. and like it's already a short movie. So when you just you, you compound that, like the, the, the sustenance isn't really there. For yeah, me. well, and, and normally I'm the guy who like I'll take like flair without substance like pretty regularly on the podcast to uh, see our episode on Lamb or whatever else. I mean, the Lamb does have substance, um, but there's a lot of like ambience, yeah. you know, in Lamb or Hagasusa or any of these other films. And here I didn't get that ambience in the filler either like the setting is is ripe for it too like it's the pacific northwest i mean mm. i've i've been out that way like it is it's one of the most ambient parts of the country it's silent hill fog all the time yeah um, well it's, 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 a, it's like an it. abandoned coal mining town too yeah even more silent hill and and yet there really isn't like it doesn't have that kind of ambient atmosphere that it could yeah. it does have like cool like abandoned coal mining atmosphere like especially towards the end like the scenes that do have it do it well but Apart from that, like it's mostly just like more small to- town vibes, yeah. and it's it's a lot of and also a, at a snail's pace. It's a lot of character stuff, and none of the characters are like particularly interesting. Um, no. I mean, I think well, I think like, I think they're, they're I think intriguing, scary. but like they're they're very face value. Yeah. Like what what you see and what you expect is what you get from every character in this film. Yeah, see, well, I I thought the 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 acting was very competent, you oh, know. The, the, yeah, the know. performances were the, good. Yeah, 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 they, yeah. yeah, Jesse Plemons and uh, Carrie Russell both did an excellent job, in my opinion. And the little kid gave an actually pretty good performance mm-hmm. for a child actor. I would say him to the last um, bit, but yeah, like for the most part, like his, his performance is plenty serviceable. Yeah, I I keep thinking about like this kind of reaction to kind of the trailer and how this movie was set up to. Mm comparing it to lamb in some respects because like yes. i feel like both of those films had trailers that almost did them a disservice where like they set the expectations kind of wrong where this movie yeah. it feels like it's trying to do from the trailer it feels like it's trying to do the serious atmosphere core capital h horror movie mm-hmm. where it, in reality it feels like a scott cooper movie with some horror elements brought into it yeah um i can agree with that and i think because you know the trailer kind of set that tone wrong it's easy to kind of say oh more monster yeah let's th- that would have been great you know i think in practice though like this movie more than anything just had a pacing problem yeah right like sure. i think it started really strong with the opening where it's like the kid and his dad uh and the kid's like hanging out in the pickup truck yeah his dad's cooking meth in mm-hmm. in the mine which is where he and his his meth lab buddy get attacked by something fun idea and yeah well well set up too i love the and intro. so he and so he takes on yeah. the he absorbs the the curse of the wendigo or whatever yeah and um, that whole scene is super tense mm. super chilling and i found like the ending of the kid kind of going towards the dark and it kind of fading to the title just super bleak yeah and yeah. such a great way to start the movie i I also saw, thought the sound design was really good in that scene. And the problem is, like, you start your movie with such a bang that, like, the rest of the first half of the movie just 
felt so mm -hmm. slow to develop. Almost, almost all of my problems with this movie come down to the pacing and the script, which I think is interesting because I like the short story quite a bit, and uh, and it is adapted. The film is adapted by the the author of the of the short story. So you'd think that he would he would do a better job adapting his own story. I yeah. guess. Yeah, it it just but like musically, it feels like you're following like Rise of the Valkyries up with like Peanuts. Christmas time is here. Like you know, like I don't know, like I just mm. I, I get the vibe where it's just like like really awesome, super cool, bleak, heavy, intense start. And then we're just left with like kind of like some tinkling piano for way too long. And uh, again, I love I love a slow burn with a big payoff, and it has that. But it would have been nice to have like some more things like yeah. worked in incrementally. Like it just it's it's a little too slow of a burn, and I like a slow burn. Um, it's just it's and just I, I think the... too like if it had been ambient, if it had filled that that negative space with a little bit more like texture. I just think there's yeah there's not enough there's not enough story and character for how slow the first or half style of the, of the movie is yeah you, I, I could take any one of the three i don't need all of it you know like like again it could just be more style you know like i don't even need more substance like in the middle part but just a little bit more style or something a little more zazz to kind of keep me there more characterization yeah uh or uh more monster shit like I'll take any of the three, really. So yeah, mostly, it's a mostly more. You said it well, yeah, I think I think all three of those things have their moments, though. Like I think, oh, like sure. like the the house where the kid lives with yeah. his dad it's a great and brother design. is yeah. awesome set. Really creepy too. Like that whole kind of situation. I think what fell flat most in terms of the build up, though, for me, is Carrie Russell's kind of fatherhood trauma yes and you know her relation with jesse plemons and kind of that intersection that just fell flat so hard for I, it was me. just really heavy-handed well and for for a movie where like one of the main like overarching themes is supposed to be like coping with abuse like childhood abuse and like dealing with that and carrying that trauma and being able to recognize it in other people for a movie where like it's so like much about that the stuff with like carrie russell's childhood abuse is like underdeveloped to the point of like almost not being there well it's almost stereotypical yeah it's like, like it's, it's boiled down to like the bare bones they basically give us a jump scare of her dead dad being behind her yeah, while yeah, she's the playing the point. piano yeah. or whatever, like he comes up and like puts his hand around her neck. It's like, but it's just like, yeah, it's so it's so surface level and just like on the nose, and at the same time being underdeveloped. And I'm just like, okay, I get it. She she was abused and she has trauma, but I don't really care. Well, like it's underdeveloped, it's, but it's also pretty gratuitous. And it just yeah, like it, it it was it's it's a lot all at once, and then there's nothing like else really. I mean, it's it literally literally all it feels like in the movie is that like we have to do this because Carrie Russell needs like a believable way to relate to this like child in her class. Like there needs to be a reason for her to like worry about him so much that she like goes outside of her duties as a teacher to like try to help him mm -hmm. like the the story like, the story demands that and so it's like oh well she thinks that he's being abused and she was abused as a child so she so she's sympathetic so that's why she does it but like outside of that 
it doesn't feel like there's really much there. Like, I think the the dynamic with her and Jesse Plemons, who's her brother in the film, and he's also the sheriff of the town, I think that, that dynamic is interesting because, like, it's revealed that, like, she ran away and, like, left him in the house, like, with their dad. Like, she had to, to run away to, like, deal with it. And she sort of, like, doesn't really think about, like, the abuse that he might have suffered, you know, in that time that she was gone, which I think is is she almost can't afford to, which I like. Yeah, like I, I think it's it's very it's very real and believable. Like that's the thing too. Like while it is very direct uh, and and very like um, I'm sure what the the right word is, but like uh, very commonly displayed you know like very like it's it's how it's often displayed in films and movies and it's it's cliche yeah um yeah it it feels weird calling like abuse that but like um it is is how it's like often displayed in films it's a depiction the 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 depiction of abuse i think the biggest aspect of it for me is it feels so cliche right because (laughs) the abuse stuff with the kid is not necessarily cliche at all. Like, I think that's really well-developed where the Carrie Russell abuse stuff is really underbaked and kind of stereotypical. What's cool is, like, there's still implication that, like, sexual abuse takes place, like, with the kids. And it's way deeper and way worse and way more intense and dark. And and the hand is much less played with it. And that's that's where I think it, like, frankly, it shines. Um, and it feels a lot more powerful and terrifying. Like I was, I was really like freaked out by that. I kind of disagree just in like, I did not get that reading. I think that the way that I read it is that like, I, I felt like Lucas, the little boy, like had a good relationship, all things considered with his dad. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Outside of the the dad being, uh, you know, like a like a meth head, but that like that's another theme of the film. He's just trying too, to feed his is, kid, is what it looks like to me. Yeah, well, yeah, like, that's, that's another theme of the film. It's like it's a small town that is like depressed, like it's economically depressed because industry has left. It was a mining town, and the mine has been shut down, so there's no jobs. So like we even, we even see like when the little kid when Lucas is like outside the ice cream shop where Carrie Russell finds him, it's right next to like a methadone clinic and there's like a line of people down the street so like you can like and that is i i think that that aspect is interesting that also felt very like reminiscent of out of the furnace to me Um, it's cool because it also implies like a greater theme which is like nature abhors a vacuum and we see that literally with like the, the the mind being abandoned and then like the dad coming in and using that 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 husk that like location like as a place to like take residence and like like feed his family um you know with with math because it's abandoned you know you know we can do that uh which is which is really cool like here's the thing right like honestly every moment like every beat of this film just about well not every every moment like i said i I think that there's like some pacing there's a lot of pacing problems like you've said ben but a lot of the beats are great there's not a whole lot I would ask to be changed. Really, I changed in this film. I would just probably like more and probably cut out the piano scene. Yeah. I just I feel like she she says it. She makes it very clear regularly enough. There's the moment where she's talking to the principal and she she just outright like says like I'm an authority on recognizing these signs. Yeah, and I feel like honestly that moment would have carried a lot more weight if we hadn't seen the piano scene before. Here's 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 how I feel about it. I think that this film would have been a lot better if it chose one of its two major themes to focus on and discarded the other. Because I think it spends too much time 
trying to split its message and like it's not to say you can't have both but i feel like the film struggles to juggle whether this film is and the monster and like everything whether it's supposed to be representative if it's thematically about abuse and like coping with trauma and like that burden you carry and how trauma can be passed down and exist mm-hmm. within families and stuff like that if it wants to be that or if it wants to be a message about how mankind's insatiable hunger like strips everything that is worth or that is like nourishing from from a place and leaves behind like a depressed like consumed husk really I feel like because like the the monster like the Wendigo is trying to that like they're trying to make it both of those things. That's really interesting. I feel like it doesn't do either particularly well. I feel like for as for the second, I feel like that absolutely plays into the theme of trauma itself. Yes, in that trauma is so all encompassing and consuming that it leaves people as husks of sorts also like trauma is often very much so brought about by like perpetrators who feel like a an insatiable hunger Mm. right like and it's treated like that and again we see that with the father directly and and i and i think that that's why it works really well i have no problem with like both of those things being a theme and that those waters being muddied because i think that those those themes uh are are muddied in real life and it's very believable i i I just would have liked to have seen more of that aspect you just brought up explored though well that's 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 my that's but my that, point. I don't see it as a matter of like picking a lane per se, but like um, though I often do feel that way. In this case, I don't. I, I think I think just getting more of that would have been cool. Well, that's my that's that's my point is that you need more of both. I think, and I don't think the film really has space for both. I think that you can. Uh, I think that you can explore both. And like I think what you guys are saying in principle is is correct. But the way the way this movie feels is like neither of those themes feel particularly well developed to me. They feel very surface level and very on the nose. And I think if this is a case of where if they had just picked one to really drill down on, there would have been room for like that to like be really meaningful in the film where instead it feels like neither is particularly poignant like i i get i i'm able to see what they're trying to say with both of those but i just think that they they don't really jive because there's just not enough there's not enough time for it all right I'll, I'll agree with both of y'all i think that honestly like any of those realities could work i think that you could do a film that covers both i think i think that uh largely because this movie is 90 minutes like let's remember that honestly there probably is some time you could probably work in some more with that especially too if you just like you just trim down like one or two scenes like we talked about the piano scene got it trim that there you go there's a ton of space and then you can still pad out your runtime a little bit more that would be great we already know there are multiple windigos we can get some windigo action before like the the final transformation from our other character there were a number of opportunities and frankly too that would have allowed for maybe some time to explore like the like actual mythos a little bit more which would have been neat yeah um, that's pretty w- that's pretty shallow in this film as well yeah which i don't actually have like a like a problem with like culturally i think there is plenty of great like folklore that you can dig into if you're interested in more of that yeah i do feel like i'm not speaking for any position of authority or whatever on this bullshit but like that our, our one native character like is at least also a sheriff um, but he, mm-hmm. but even still, like he is kind of presented like kind of shamanistically, like he's the only totally. one who really understands. Yeah. And like, eh, you know, it's not great. 
You know, like I, it's not what I would like. I'm, I'm not the person to be outraged by it. Yeah, but like, uh, that, yeah. That, I mean, I'm you don't want not. a just a white dude explaining the window. No, yeah. Sure. Um, and, yeah, and and you and you know else you don't want is is a white nude white dude getting offended over by over it. So I'm not going to do that either. Uh, but just comment think, on it. I'm I not gonna, there's nothing much for me to say for yeah. me to say beyond that. I think you're right in principle, though. Like, I mean, I think that like if your monster, like if your story is going to be like a like a Native American legend, then I feel like there should probably be some like more presence of like indi- of like indigenous yeah. people. Like, I, like I mean, it's like the the whole point. That's the whole point of sending in the Pacific Northwest, right? Is because like out there in Oregon, it's like there are a lot of like indigenous people, you know. And you, exactly like you said, the former sheriff is like the one like native. Yeah, like the one first American, and, and like, and it's like, yeah, he finds he finds the body in the woods. And then later, when they take like the kids' drawings to him, he's like, oh, that's and then he pulls out a book. He's like, that's the look. It's this. It's the Wendigo. Yeah. It's an it's an evil spirit. And it's like, oh, okay, yep, here there comes it is. the mysticism. And it's and, like you know, like considering that the movie is like made by like white people, like it probably is best to just like leave it at that and move on and not like try to. Yeah, it, it, it could be a matter of like whose story it is to tell but like also like here's the thing you can always bring on people for like advisement you yeah, know and maybe, sure. and maybe bring they on, did bring on consultants yeah, you know and, and like they, maybe, they probably, maybe they, they did, did a little again bit. not my culture not my place the, to like really say worth, but worth noting is that like the short story that the film is based on it's like they're not wendigos like yeah. it's they're more like it's more like demonic kind mm. of thing like they're like the, he's like a demon um instead yeah. of so like well it, like yeah there, there's a, there's essentially like from what little research I did before I did I did do some research on this I didn't I didn't like look into the original story but I did like listen uh, and find a few like mythological breakdowns mm. of it um, but I not enough you know I I, I do want to do more research and homework on it but like I've enough to kind Wikipedia of get that like for Wendigo yeah <laughs> like the whole like the the antlered thing kind of came on later and like largely in some iterations of the tale it's it, it's just kind of a goblin. Yeah, you know, I, think, situation I think the, and stuff. I don't think like the antlered incarnation of the mm-hmm. Wendigo has any basis in actual folklore. I think it's like it, well, it seems to be a little bit of both. But uh, what's what's cool about it is like 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 antlers and like antlered figures and stags and stuff like in that same yeah. There, there's a specific tribe, and I and I cannot remember, and I feel bad, no, and I should yeah, know. But don't ask um, me. I don't fucking know. Yeah, it's the kind of thing the movie should have. Like it would have been white. that would have been cool. Uh, but like because again, not not authority. Don't know, but uh. Essentially, like like stags. From what I gleaned from it, like stags are are very like pure, good, holy symbols. You know, whatever. Like they are in most cultures, right? Like deer. Yeah, they're, you know, ma- are, are they're majestic. As, yeah, they're majestic, and also like deer are also very largely associated with innocence in a lot of cultures as well, and whatnot. And so the idea of like having a like an antlered figure, like a stag or whatever, like Wendigo, is is a perversion. Which is really cool. Like, like it's a neat idea. So it's, yeah, like, and it's if, taking it's the the holy made profane, um, and uh, that that rules. It fits with the the metaphor too. You know, very much so. Um, in kind of the Wendigo being a metaphor for trauma and viewing mm. the Wendigo as kind of monstrous figures. Mm-hmm. These are the people dealing with this. You know. The, the kids are viewing the father as a monster because of the trauma right. they're experiencing. I thought that stuff was really well done. I, I, I think 
it is a little shallow, sure. And I think the the bigger problem is having the Carrie Russell stuff to compare it to. I feel I understand why they did it. Like it's very clear mm. why they put that in there so that you know they could have that connection and kind of that struggle later on in the they, movie. They didn't necessarily need but to show it. it. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things where it, it probably would have worked better if it was just implied. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, I also agree that I think that the the treatment of like Lucas and his dad and brother in the movie is very good. It's one agreed. of the, it's yeah. it's yeah. one of the, the better aspects of it. How he is like he recognizes that his dad and brother are like sick with some like very scary disease and like locks them in the attic basically and is like finding roadkill and stuff to like feed their insatiable hunger and shit like that and then as soon as the dad gets the first taste of human flesh he fully becomes the 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 wendigo um that transformation scene it's so good awesome that that is probably my favorite scene in the movie i i think is because like Carrie Russell like talks to the principal of the school and like expresses some some like concern that like oh I think you know Lucas might be being abused at home like he's unhealthy like he's antisocial all this stuff so uh, the principal goes to to check out the home uh, this is one of our first instances of but not the only one and I'll I'll talk about it later because the the characters in this movie definitely suffer from dumb guy syndrome yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the principal goes over to the house and finds it all boarded up and, like, in, in total shambles and whatever, uh, and breaks in and, uh, unlocks the door and goes up into the attic and, and finds the little brother, and then she's attacked by the, the dad, um, and, and he eats, he eats her flesh and transforms and, uh, that that scene is fucking awesome. Like terrible setup, amazing payoff. Yeah. Oh, is, oh my god. Is yeah, how I would, I would put it. Like well, like the, her. Like it just yeah. Like her. All of her decisions are terrible. Like here's, I, here's I, the I, thing in in horror and this. You know, we can talk more about this as we talk about some of the the character decisions later in the movie. Like I'm totally fine with stupid characters in horror movies when it serves them uh, being killed. I think that's fine. Characters being dumb in service of getting a kill doesn't bother me. Protagonists being dumb just because, like, plot, that frustrates me more, and there's definitely uh, quite a bit of that in, like, the last part of this movie. But Principal being stupid uh, and oblivious uh, to so she can get eaten uh, in the attic is is fine with me. I'll give you my take on it. So, for me, it's very dependent. If it's a slasher movie where they're dumb teens being dumb teens, getting murdered one at a time, I'm very here for it. And circumstantially, in many in many other cases, I'm very here for it. My problem is when it makes the writing feel lazy. And and here, it, it does. The principal goes up to the front of the house and she makes a comment that it smells like rotting flesh. That's when you leave. Yeah, she's like, like, here's the thing. like death. <laughs> here's the thing, right? Like, uh, there was a moment where my dad was, like, running for mayor in, like, our small town. And, like, I had to go door to door. Like, I didn't have a choice. I was a kid. And I had to go door to door, like, handing out pamphlets or whatever, right? There was a moment where, like, I went up to this one house. This is, like, in the deep south, right? Like, I went up to this one house and I went to, uh, to the front porch. And I knocked on the door. 
and handed the person the pamphlet, and the door closed, and then I saw, out of the corner of my eye, the giant Rottweiler come out from under the porch and circle around behind me, like, between me and the street. And I felt weird and bad, like, just, like, walking up to the house. Like, I was already, like, okay, something is wrong here. And then when, like, this, like, fucking giant Rottweiler, like, you know, comes around and kind of starts growling or whatever... I thought I was dead. Like, I was like, all right, this is it. Like, I'm game over. It's like, been a good run. Yeah, it's been a good run, but, like, uh, there's nothing There's nothing I can do about this. This dog is, like, as big as I am. Like, fuck. And I just stood there, like, super still and, like, waited for it to, like, kind of move back around to the side yard. And I just fucking bolted. And, like, I just dove into the car. And, like, um, that... That sucked. Like, that absolutely sucked. And, I don't know, like, houses like that, like, if, if you, like the door opens and like you smell something like you're not going to go inside, you know, like, like no one is like, you're going to, you're going to go and like, you're going to get help. And there just, there's so many circumstances where like, she clearly was like made to recognize these things. And here's the thing, right? The bolted door or whatever was like left open by the boy or whatever. There's some circumstance. I forget. You can have the other young boy, like lure her up there or something. Well, no, she, she goes or in, she unlo- she, she unlatches she goes it. In and she unlocks it. Cause she's like, she hears, the the younger brother upstairs and like sees like all of the latches on the door so she unlatches it and goes up there like i'm my suspension of disbelief will let me buy that to the degree that like okay she's the principal one of her teachers has said like i feel like there might be like abuse happening at this house like she shows up something's wrong she hears a child inside she feels like she needs to investigate because she's concerned for the safety of the child like yes you should yes you should call the cops whatever but like in the moment like you also have to consider that like in the context of like the horror movie like she doesn't know she's in a horror movie Sure. Like we know, we know that there's that there's a Wendigo upstairs. But you, but yeah, she, like like, she, like in real life, know. as soon as like you get up to a front porch and you smell rotting flesh, you know. Yeah, you, I mean, you're, in real life, you're in a horror movie at that it's, point. It's like like here, I'm here's. Not, I'm not saying she's not stupid, but I can I can buy that a little bit and like the, uh, enough enough for me to be fine with it because the payoff is so awesome. It is it is really awesome. Here's the thing though, like quick solution: What if she just heard the kid off from the front porch? Yeah, I think that's all you need. Even Done. if it Problem smells solved. like shit, like I would I mean, even give that a little bit of suspension. Well, yeah, but but now she's she she's going in the house with like an objective. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even if the I house see. smelled like rotten shit, I would give that a slight pass because well, no, no, suddenly, suddenly she yeah, goes from being house, stupid yeah. to brave. Right? Exactly. Because, like, yeah. Bravery is is generally like stupidity with like honor, right? Like that's the idea. Mm-hmm. And and so like like suddenly she's making a dumb move for for like the preservation of someone other than herself. And her death is even more earned. Like at that point. And that's it. That's really all you need to do. Is like it's a it's a minor thing and again like that's why it feels lazy to me. It's like it doesn't take a lot. It's to so funny. That kind it's of so thing. funny that that's your solution too, because that's literally what happens in the short story with the 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 teacher <laughs> protagonist. She like goes to the house and finds it all boarded up. She like feels really bad vibes about it and like feels like she needs to leave. And she hears a child inside like screaming what? in pain. And See, so she so she a... breaks so she breaks the door open. Thank you for waiting to say that. Inside. Wow. Yeah. How about it? Right. Uh, See that's. 
and so they had that the source material the, yeah, and they, they still ugh. and like it's not it's it's different like it she doesn't die there because like she she finds like bodies inside and like runs away but the point is that like by breaking into the house she has let them loose you know like she's she's let them out uh, which is like that that does serve the same purpose in in this movie is like of course after the 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 principal gets Ed up and uh he turns into full windigo like now and he's, it's now he's free. Cool. The that, yeah, that scene is so cool emerging out of his mouth out of his like, mouth yeah. that's God, not I think what i was all expecting yeah. yeah incredible yeah, well, yeah i feel like, like he's he's like He's like glowing inside. There's like he's like glowing red. There's like this red yeah. pulsing light. The fiery heart is like a big part yeah. of it. Like like they like one of the the stories it's that awesome. I had heard was um yeah that like the the Wendigo can only um well essentially like they're so corrupted that like they try to burn their hearts and they won't burn. Which is super fucking cool. So, like, kind of making that into, like, a fiery heart is, is a cool move. Like, yeah. It's, pretty, it's really neat. It's, it's really done well. One thing I wanted to mention quick. You mentioned in the short story the teacher kind of ran away and survived. Yeah. I think in some ways that kind of recontextualizes things in that, like, it's taking the internal family trauma and making it external. And that's why things go so south. Yeah. Whereas with this... She doesn't survive. It, it, it's not a survivor. No, well, yeah. I'm, I'm okay that, with that. that internal like, to external thing doesn't quite kill. work. It's a little clumsier. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit different. Because but man, if she'd of, run because, away, like, the pacing would have been even. Yes, more well, like the, that. the the scene the we got was awesome. Yeah, so it's like it's a little bit different because like the monsters are not quite the same between the two. Like in the short story, it's not Wendigo's. Like when she goes to the house, like they are already changed what happens is like she finds uh the bodies that have been dead for like a long time of the father and the younger brother and what ends up happening is that like they have the father has done like some like satanic ritual to like make it so they can't die or whatever so they they're like evil spirits but the their bodies staying in the house is what was keeping them there so by her breaking in and then going and calling the cops, the cops come in and they take their bodies out and then they're free to like wreak havoc on the town. So it's a little bit different. Like she's able to run away in this. It's like the person who's like cursed has to eat human flesh to like complete their transformation. And up till that point, the fought, the dad hadn't. Lucas had been like bringing them like roadkill and animals and shit. So we got to have somebody go in the house and die so we sure. can have the transformation. Yeah, and I guess in some respects, the metaphor still makes sense because it's still having kind of an outside observer validating the trauma mm. to an extent. Sure. Where There's like you can spin it. You can, you can see them as a monster to an extent, but they don't feel like a true monster unless like it's more externalized. Someone, yeah. someone needs to be sacrificed at that altar and it's time. Yeah. Like at that point, like, uh, yeah. So, well, and fucking later when, when the cops find like the aftermath of that scene, that's another great scene. Like the, the, the practical effects in this movie are fucking fantastic. So and good. there were so many more of them than I was expecting. Like the trailer led me to believe it was going to be a lot of CG, um, because like the, the monster bits that you do see in the trailer, like RCG, but when they find that her, like mostly eaten corpse, but more importantly, like the husk of the dad that like the, the Wendigo like burst out of so cool. such a fucking yeah. cool prop. Yeah. And like 
very obviously like practical too. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. see, like somebody somebody built that and it looks so fucking good and it's so nasty. And it, it, it literally is just like the the shed husk of a man. It's like an insect, like a fucking butterfly chrysalis or something. I'm, I'm trying to think of other examples on the show. I, I feel like there's been a good number of them, but I just I feel like if you really want to impress the pod boys, like something we can all agree on is like put a really good corpse practical in. Yeah, your, yeah. Like absolutely. I think we all we all love absolutely. that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, big fan, big fan of that, and it it looks fucking rad. Like and you know the, this is the thing that like kills me about it too. I say this a lot too, but like I feel a little spoiled, you know, like in in uh, like having qualms with the pacing of the film and and whatnot when like the beats we do get are like Man, this they're really good yes yeah but when does this scene happen right fully halfway through oh, the movie i know fully half this this scene should have happened 20 minutes yeah, into the, the movie the monster is mm-hmm. out and about finally well no, no no but here's the thing right like I, and this is why i suggested this at the beginning of the podcast because i thought about this we already know there are other wendigo we can have our transformation build up just give us some more wendigo Do you know what I mean? Like, because here's what's cool, right? You can have this whole narrative of abuse and uh, this character trying to get to the bottom of that. And then they can see, we can see another example of a Wendigo, like fucking take down a bunch of people or whatever else like that. Maybe they even destroy it, you know, or whatever. Or maybe they find it dying or something because it doesn't eat enough people or whatever. I don't give a shit. But like, like you get a, you get a one-off like with a, with a, with another Wendigo. And then there's an epiphany with her. And she, well, and she, you know, then there's the reason like, oh shit, maybe this is what's going on with Lucas. See, I don't, I don't think there can be multiple when, I, I mean, at least in the context of the film, I don't think there's multiple Wendigo simultaneously because the curse has to carry on the, from the, one yeah, person it's, to the it's, next. Yeah, yeah, there's one Wendigo at a time, and then when that one mm. dies, it transfers to another person. That's why the uh, spoilers, I guess, uh, but that's why the little brother doesn't change until or doesn't start changing until the end after they've killed the dad. Yeah, which I do, and think vice is, versa. I with do, the, the last I part. do think is kind of a missed opportunity. Like they they wrote them themselves into that hole. They didn't have to. I do think. It's it's a missed opportunity because one of the cool things about the short story is that both the dad and the younger brother are both changed at the same time. They're both like demons. Oh, actually, that would so have been way I cooler. Think, I think that could have. I think that w- it would have been. There would have been like if they'd gotten us to the Wendigo stuff earlier in this movie, having there be two Wendigo, like an adult and like a pup or something would have been really fucking cool. I think there would have been some fucking horrifying, some really awesome, like, yeah. And, and like it, there would have, you would have still been able to have like the same sort of like emotional impact of like, ah, that of, of Lucas being like, that's my little brother, you know, like you, you wouldn't have lost that. There just would have been more opportunity for cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing (laughs) changes there, you know, like, like, and and, and frankly, and, and two, it also like is, is fairly indicative of like what, again, what little I understand about the mythos too. Like, like again, the mythos era, like in the one hero's journey, like telling that I, I, I encountered of it, like it, it's like a whole family of them. You know, anyway. Yeah. And so, I like, th- I don't think there's, there's no reason why there has that. to be, yeah. like, 
you know, like it's not like a singular curse of the Wendigo that like travels from person to person or whatever, from what I understand. But that's what they did. I mean, in this movie, it's very clear that it was all about the generational trauma and seeing how it has to carry literally passed down. Yeah. But like, it doesn't need to be literal. Like, like that, that metaphor still carries if, if the little brother like already has it because we, we see that the little brother already has it. Yeah. I mean, he's he's already, he's already infected or whatever. Like he's sick, but he can't fully transform because like the spirit of the wendigo is in the dad or but see i thought it was because yeah. the human meat part you see what i mean yeah like, like it's a little muddy like it, it is, like there it is, and like it, it, it doesn't it doesn't need to be like i agree i think i think the little brother like like yeah being like like they yeah having a little tiny wendigo running around would have ru- ru- been awesome they yeah. should have had mecha wendigo too yo yeah, yeah. Sign yeah. Me up. <laughs> but like, think of think of like the cool reveal. for a different movie i'd watch think it of, think of like the cool reveal they could have done with that you know where like we've we've seen like the the dad wendigo like kill a few times and we don't know what's happened to the little brother or whatever and then it, you know in one scene like be like oh they escape from the dad and then all of a sudden somebody gets like mauled by like this smaller one you know or whatever and it's like oh no the little brother has also become a monster like that that would have been that would have been cool i think but sadly we we didn't get that yeah no he just kind of like stands there like partially transforming for a very long yeah he's like in he's like in the box in the shed when they come to get like to find Lucas at like the at like Carrie Russell and Jesse Plemons house. Like, I have I, I both love was, and have some misgivings little, with that scene. Why was the little brother in the box? Dude, so was many bait? was he supposed to be bait? Is that yeah, what that was? So many people get attacked in that doorway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck. And the thing is like the, the Wendigo like, like, like three different people get attacked in that one doorway. The Wendigo like attacks Jesse Plemons and then leaves him alone for no reason plot armor exactly like that scene is so confusing it's just like multiple people like going into the shed and either being killed or not by the wendigo which then immediately based on leaves. like how important they are in the script yeah and like i will say though the scene where like it's like bashing in the wall next to jesse plemons is cool with the practicals looks fan fucking tastic you know how i read so that good. them not killing jesse plemons i i don't think they executed it well but I think it's that the Wendigo sensed the trauma in him that we later mm. see, oh. and that's why he isn't yeah. killed. Oh, you need but to, but it's okay. just not executed. You just yeah. need him to get smelled by it. That's mm. it. Yes, yes. love mm. it. Love yeah. that idea. And so, um, yeah, because then you get that really good scene. Because like the 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 bit where like it's breaking through the 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 walls there, like has just the right amount of like practicals enhanced by cg it looks super good with the police lights in the background yeah like um it's all reds and blues mostly blues it's just it's it's really reminiscent of like the the sequence in jurassic park where like the t-rex is like going down through like the the sunroof of the car mm-hmm. you know with the kids like um it's just it's really classic monster horror cinema uh, or classic 80s 90s yeah. you know or like jaws when like the the shark is like eating the back end of the boat fuck man you do just a few things with this movie and like i'd i'd be happy it to put it on, like, at the same level it has yeah so much great and, and like the practicals are not the problem like oh, like no. in any capacity uh and just like yeah you just pace it a little differently and like and frankly too like okay cool so you have you have expended your budget for monster practicals you've used it really well like because clearly they did you know like like i wouldn't change a thing and you know like 
rarely do you do you have more to use you know what i mean like yeah. like that's not a thing so like clearly they they, the, they, they the, did everything they the could monst- with what they the, had the monster is perfect yeah you're gonna the monster's perfect you know maybe you just have to have a little bit more like character stuff it is okay for not every scene to be a reflection on abuse just if i can get a little more characterization or a little more something a little more zhuzh i don't really, i don't know what but, but cleveland or even carrie russell's favorite vegetable is cheeseburgers an ice cream. I'm. I didn't hate that. I'm really glad. <laughs> like, but but just some. You know what? Even fuck it. Like like I said at the beginning. Like maybe it's just style. Like maybe maybe just give me some more like fucking shots of mountains with cool synth playing. Maybe that's all I needed. I, I don't know. I'm really I'm really know. glad that you brought up Jaws because I have been thinking about Jaws in relation to this film a lot. Actually, mostly just because like the naming convention is the same. Oh yeah, it, you know it's like <laughs> yeah. the the part of the monster that it used to kill you is the name of the movie. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's it's very obviously doing a Jaws thing. It's a terrible title otherwise. Um, the the short story is called The Quiet Boy. I that think, is good. Antlers is a better title. Yeah, Antlers is is whatever. But I think that if you're if you're gonna call the movie Antlers, like you should lean into the Jaws thing. And here here's how I think that they could make this movie all around more interesting. Cut out so much of like the Carrie Russell being abused shit. Have like the Wendigo get loose way sooner in the movie, like thirty minutes in. 20, 30 minutes in, have him come and take Lucas way earlier in the film, like by the halfway mark. And just like Jaws, have the second half of the movie be Carrie Russell and Jesse Plemons and maybe the old native sheriff have to go into the woods to hunt to find the thing that has taken Lucas. And have the second half of the movie be them hunting the monster. Just like the second half of Jaws is them hunting the shark. Yeah. I think that would have been, like, then you, your whole second half of the movie is monster-centric. With, like, your characters being in a state of constant danger, because they're out there in the wilderness, you know, with with this beast. You can have someone be picked off by the kid Wendigo there and have your exactly pissing. yeah have have God, the, have, the yeah. have the sheriff have the the Native American sheriff get picked off by like the young Wendigo you know like while they're like oh they spot the Wendigo or something like off in the distance they're like all being quiet and then oh suddenly the, a, a smaller one comes along and fucking takes the sheriff and it's like oh shit you can still have it end the same way like you you just have to have the mine farther away not just like in town you know it can still end with them like going into a cave or a mine or whatever like the symbol of man's greed like boring into the mountain and leaving like an empty gaping hungry vacuum or whatever they can still go in there and fight the wendigo at the end you know what's thing about that too is like their car can be like destroyed or whatever by the wendigo and like they're they're left at a point where it's like okay either we keep going to the mine or we go back which actually there is kind of a moment of that in the movie but like like yeah like so you still have that moment and you reinforce it because again it's an insatiable hunger it's like no we have have to get this kid we have to go save them and so like our protagonists are also sort of met by that same force it's cool i'm very into that have a hunt occur frankly it should like your film is called antlers get all the get all the boring shit out of the way way faster way faster get the monster action going way sooner and then have the whole second 
act of the or the whole second half of the film be about them hunting the monster. Yeah, and it's and, all still about abuse. Like, like you can keep yeah, that. Keep you the can metaphor. Keep, you can keep the metaphor. I'm with it. Just have more implied. Say less explicitly. Make it a little bit more subtle. Like, trust your audience to be able to pick up on the theme instead of saying, "This is what the movie's about." Because this movie very much does that with everything. Like every theme is like, "This is what it's about." Yeah. This is the theme of the movie. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know, like, look at look at Alien or look at The Thing, right? Alien's, like, themes of rape are a lot less heavy-handed. The Thing's themes, like, uh, to do with, like, paranoia and the Red Scare, you know, are a lot less heavy-handed. And uh, with Invasion of the Body Snatchers, like, the, the same can be said. Yeah. Like, with all the greats, the metaphor is still very much so there, but it just it doesn't need to be that heavy-handed. Like, yeah. frankly. Um, and again, it can. I mean, I'm even okay with, like, it being that heavy-handed to well, a degree, the, but, like, at a certain point, you are showing me something that I have seen before, but don't... Here's... I, I think like a great but, but comparison of a recent movie we watched on this podcast uh, that is very, you know, in-your-face and direct about its metaphor, but works because it's just paced well, is Relic, and it's themes of dementia. Oh, like, yeah, it's Relic very so direct. That. Yeah, we had talent for that one. But it works because it's just paced out well, and they give you a lot of that continually. Well, and the yeah. thing about all of the, the movies that you listed, Cleveland, like Alien and The Thing and Invasion of the Body Snatchers, is that... Which I mean, isn't fair to hold every movie to that standard. Of course not, but, like, the... The formula that you're talking about is right, I think, because at their core, at like a super surface level, those movies are just cool, fun monster movies, right? That is what they are about. The larger themes, the metaphors, the parallels that you can draw are there, but the movie's not necessarily about that. It's not know? about that, but even still It makes it it makes it more it makes it richer and more fulfilling and and better. Yes. But at the purest level, it's like, oh, there's a monster and it's killing people. What are we gonna do about that? And sure. I feel like if this movie had been that same thing, like it can still be a metaphor for abuse and a metaphor for, like, mankind's greed and whatever, but you don't have to constantly at every turn be like, this is what the movie's about. Yeah. And, you know, part of me is, like, on a certain level, I can respect being really concise and direct about that as an allegory and having all elements go directly towards your theme. But at the same time... It just kind of it doesn't completely work in this case, just mm-hmm. because it it kind of feels bland. Well, you know, here's here's the thing about like the alien and the thing, right? Like, yeah, like boiled down to its core, they're monster movies, but like they're they're goddamned masterpieces because they have their academic cake and eat their action too. You know, like you can have both. And they do. And and largely they do because they know when to play their hand and when not to play their hand. And there's a deft subtlety to that, right? More is not better. More, you know, like, uh, more is not cleverer either. And this movie, like, tries to do that. It tries to tell you more and be more direct. And that is not necessarily better. Yes, we get these themes more, like, directly than we would with The Thing or with Alien. But that does not make them, like, 
better phrased or or better said. Like well, I, I yeah, honestly it, think that like like yeah like 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 those movies are are frankly them, like they are dumb clunkier. movies that like your your average like like popcorn audience will enjoy to a degree. Like the thing like you know did not do well in the box office at the time, but no. like um, Alien did. And there are other examples of films that did do well, you know, like Terminator, for instance, or whatever else, or RoboCop. RoboCop's a great one for yeah. that. And, like, RoboCop's honestly one of my favorites because, like, even more so, Paul Verhoeven, like, boiled down to its core dumb action movie. But there is a lot to be said. Like, and there is a lot of commentary in RoboCop. Regardless, you can do both. And uh, folks tend to think that, like, you can't. You know, like, you can't have schlock and quality commentary or and i'm not I mean, saying you're Ver- projecting that verhoeven, but like, verhoeven's the king of the king of that absolutely yeah. which is again why i bring it up and like frankly it takes like a masterful hand to know when to not play your hand yeah you know like like when when well, to give just enough texture for the audience to like to pull pull themes from and to like play on that and and to engage with it intellectually if they even choose to and and also just be there for the dumb action and eat popcorn and have to, a good fucking time. It is not easy to create a film that both has appeal for general audience audiences and also has appeal for academics, right? And like like and when you do, like it is it's fucking masterful. And like that's that's I frankly something like I I regularly like seek to achieve and like look for like in my own work or the work I QA. Well, at the yeah, studio. I think good I think good art should be in a lot of respects should be accessible regardless of the audience. Like if yeah. you want to engage with it academically, if there's enough there for you to do so, awesome and cool. If you want to enjoy it completely on its surface, also awesome and cool. Like but being able to cater to both is great. To go back to the alien comparison, like you mentioned that you know how like especially like visually and mechanically the xenomorph is like a is like a a, an allegory is a metaphor for like rape right but never is that said in the movie it's like it's all it's the whole thing is like fucking psychosexual right like yeah. you you engage with it on like a weird like a weird subconscious well, it's whole, it's level. whole design is built right around that. but it's yeah. but it's not but it's not explicitly said like imagine if an yeah, alien it, it shouldn't be it's better without right imagine if an alien like after kane gets the, like the face hugger attached to him and they bring him into the ship like when he's in the med bay and they're like trying to figure out what to do like imagine if like ripley was standing there and she's like it shoves something down his throat. It's almost like he's being raped. Or, you know, you yeah, know, yeah. I, oh, you know, God, that would have been awful. You know, I was raped. Like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. And this yeah. movie Ugh. is, and this movie is like, it does. is like, Lucas is being abused. You know how I know? I was abused by my dad. I'm an authority on abuse, actually. See the previous scene where you saw me being abused. Right. That, like, it's. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That, I agree. That's that's why it doesn't work. No, it feels it's heavy-handed, and like you can keep your themes, you can have all the rest of it, but like it's just, yeah, it's it's so dumbed down for general audiences, imply and it, you don't have imply to. It. You can make, still have it. Make the monster the centerpiece. Less is Im, more. Im, imply imply the rest. Make the monster the centerpiece. Imply the rest. That way, on a complete, if you want to view it on a complete surface level. Go in with your best dumb guy energy. Be like, oh, yeah, big scary monster got antlers. How cool. And then if you want to engage with it more academically and be like, oh, yeah, you know, well, the Wendigo is like, uh, it's actually like a, a, a metaphor for, for, uh, yeah, sure. For we do all the time trauma. on the podcast. Yeah. yeah it's like, like... If, if you, like, you should be able to have both. And the movie is like, 
telling you both. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like, okay, cool. Like now there's no discussion. It's like it is it is a big scary right. it is a big scary antler monster, but also it is about abuse. I'm gonna mm-hmm. talk about it. And abuse, and you know, you here's know? the here's the thing too. Like for me to have a great time and give a movie fucking five out of five, I don't need it to have both of those things. No. Either. Like even for a five out of five, I can have a movie that is just all schlock that's really good schlock and have a great time with that five out of five totally fine i can have a movie that's all academic totally you know mm-hmm. totally fine and i can I, I move this, I, this I, down I the middle to a five out of five but yeah. the thing is is like this movie feels like it really could have been something that does both it's frustrating that it isn't i don't know the yeah. more like we dig into it I and know. talk about it it's like oh man like it really could have been it has it has all it has all and, the right ingredients it's just not handled super well, well it's just no, not executed what? super well i think yeah well, like uh, uh, here's in, the problem right aspects of it here's, aren't executed. Yeah. here's the problem yeah. right like movies are made by many people like like one director is attached you know like like to the front the, the heading of it but but largely like there's a lot of there's a lot of influence when it comes to the studio production, uh, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Like there are and so many fairness, real life things coming into play I do, here. I do think in addition to Nick and Tosca, I think there's like three other screenwriters for this movie too. Right. Uh, and and so. like sometimes it could be too many cooks in the kitchen or whatever. But like it's, it's tricky for me because normally like I have like commentary on like how the budget could, you know, like may- theoretically from my limited perspective, maybe be used differently. But here, like. If you want to add in more monster sequences, that's going to be more budget. And the sequences that already do exist are perfect. Like, and and so like you'd have to be pulling from some, you'd have to be pulling away from some of those other sequences. When it comes to runtime, sure, it's easy enough to say, okay, cut this scene of dialogue and add in more monster stuff. But like budget wise, that's not really. I think it feasible. just comes down to the script. Like for me, I think the production design of this movie is great cinematography is great performances are great um sound is really great yeah um all of these elements are really great it just comes down to the script kind of falling flat and the movie kind of feeling a little bland because of it agreed normally in this circumstance like i'd be a little bitter against like some aspect of production and say um Oh, you know, like if this one thing had changed, like this could have been like a real fucking masterpiece. And usually like when I'm in that kind of situation, like I I usually like rate a movie a lot lower because sometimes it can take a little personally when a movie could have been like with just a few tweaks, like, like really, really good. My disappointment is that it's okay to be higher when I see great potential. Yeah. And, and, um, uh, but in this case, like it's, it's particularly odd because I don't necessarily hold that against like any aspect or like uh any specific facet of production um it's it's just more against it's the script uh i I guess yeah like like largely when it comes to like the the laziness i was talking about like with the teacher and like how like how easily that that sort of thing can be solved but beyond that like like that small critique there it's more circumstantial like as if the movie had had more budget i don't think that's necessary i think i i really don't think that it would take that much more of a budget to have like some more satisfying monster sequences i really think you can do without showing too much of the monster until like except in the sequences that we see in this movie i think you can add more kills that don't really show show very much of the monster and keep it ambiguous and scary that would not take that much more budget i i and i mean also like fucking hell like scott cooper's not like not like an a-list director or anything but like 
this movie had a fine budget. It's got fucking Guillermo del Toro's name on it. Like, they could have, they absolutely could have done more. The problem with this movie is the script. Because, just like Ben said, all the other aspects of the production are done bare minimum competently, really well done at best. Like, the direction is good, the performances are good, the cinematography is good, the production design is good, the practical effects are great, the creature mm-hmm. design, great. All of this stuff is good. Like, where where it is lacking is in the pacing and some of the story beats, and that's, like, all the script. That's all this movie needs to elevate it from a good movie to a great movie is it needs a better script (laughs) yeah well and that's the thing like even in saying that i still think the movie is pretty good i mean yeah i enjoyed it like well the thing is like like, i'm not i'm not watch it again like normally i'd be more disappointed but because of like the particular circumstances of the movie i'm not that disappointed that's the other thing too like it's a lot of lead up for me to kind of be like there's "Eh, specific beats in the movie that like are written really well. I think of the opening, like the yeah. opening's fucking awesome, and the ending. Like this movie is bookended by some incredible sequences. Well, I think some story details. We should talk about the ending. Yeah, I think some story details of the ending are stupid, but like the final encounter with the Wendigo is great, uh, largely due to the effects. But like the I practical I, just yeah. just to to sort of like uh, cap off what you guys are saying is I think yeah the the reason that I'm not more like angry about this film's missed potential is because like there are a few sequences that are like really great highlights that Mm -hmm. i think are executed extremely well and even though like i'm disappointed that the film as a whole doesn't reach that level those moments are like awesome the fucking transformation scene in the attic is fucking awesome. We have, we didn't talk about it, but the scene where, like, the bully kid, like, finds Lucas in the yeah. woods and the fucking Wendigo, like, they see it in the tree and it, like, pounces on, on the kid More from the that. tree. Yeah. That scene, fucking awesome. And then, yeah, like, we, let, let's, let's talk about the ending. Also, sure. fucking yeah. awesome. It's time. Um, well, okay. <laughs> I should clarify. I think that the, the ending... Even even the scene in the mine with the the Wendigo, I think it is written pretty badly. It is executed fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. I think that I think that Carrie Russell's motivation for going to the mine flimsy as as a motherfucker. Like the Wendigo shows up at their house, kills a bunch of people, and takes Lucas and like she she goes to Jesse Plummer, she's like, Give me your gun. I'm gonna go to the mine. And I'm gonna get him. It's like, really? You you saw this thing. You saw what it did to these people. Like you're just gonna go into the mine? Okay, whatever. That's a, a big case of of stupid character syndrome. No matter how much she gives a shit about this kid, no matter how much she gives a shit about this kid, she would not just go fucking running off into a goddamn mine Man. after a giant antlered monster. <laughs> George know? Bush passed No Child Left Behind, and she and just she took really it took it to heart. <laughs> she took it seriously. <laughs> but, like, once she gets into the mine, like, that scene is is very fucking cool. Yeah. Um, like, we, we find, like, we really get to see the Wendigo in that scene, and to... I think all of our absolute delight is that for that scene, when we've seen it elsewhere in the movie, the other times it's been CG, but for that scene, they built a full body, big puppet. 
and it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's so fucking cool. Yeah, it's um, great. And, like, they they shoot it right where, like, it's dark enough in the mind. It's, like, she lights a flare. Like, it's so it's lit by the flare. They can, like... It's obviously a puppet, but, like, they can hide some of, like, maybe the, you know, less realistic aspects about it. It's great. And, like, the the part where she, like, sees it for the first time where it's, like, eating the bear and it turns around and it's, like, wearing, like, a dude's, like, a dude's face. I'm assuming that's supposed to be, like, the dad's face, but as soon as you start thinking about it... It comes out of the mouth, it it doesn't work. It falls apart completely. But as an image, it's very, very fucking cool. It's already, like, a creature. It's a deer monster that's born out of, like, emerging from someone's mouth. Suspension of disbelief. Eh. You know, like maybe maybe the face was just perfectly ripped off of them or whatever. I mean, maybe it it took... Maybe it killed somebody else and took their face. You know, yeah. whatever. It's fucking cool, but like, yeah, the like how it like turns around and like sh- and she like shines her flashlight on it, and it's just like this big horrible creature like wearing somebody's face, uh, which is the shot that is yeah. in the trailer. Yeah, I and mean, it is the, like the big reveal shot. The the trailer, like that that is the thing though. I will say is like the the shot in the trailer is so short that you. But you we saw it so many times over the course of two yeah, but years. You, but, from from seeing that, like, I thought that, like, the Wendigo had, like, a human face. Like, I did not realize that it was wearing somebody's face. I caught the flappiness. Like, you see some shifting, but I was like, I, I, can't, I couldn't tell what it was. You know what? You know what the design of this creature has, uh, reminds me a lot of, and I haven't been able to stop thinking about? It's the cleric beast from Bloodborne. Uh, it just, it just yeah. is the cleric beast. Shit, yeah, you're right. It's that exactly. The only the only thing about it that is not the cleric beast is that it doesn't have one big arm and one small arm. That's yeah. it. That's the only difference. It's got like a like a long like snout that's like between a wolf and a deer. It's got like a big crest of antlers. It's shaggy, but it stands up on two legs, but also runs on all fours. It's the cleric. Yeah, and also uh, um, the what's her face in the church, Vicar Amelia. Yeah, Vicar Amelia. Kinda, yeah. kinda. Well, yeah. she does the antler thing with the wolfy bits too. Yeah, a little bit. It's it's similar. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, man, that fucking puppet is is dope. Is yeah. dope as shit. I mm-hmm. loved that. I do think Carrie Russell kills a little bit easily for my taste. Yeah, like when they're talking to uh, the the sheriff earlier, and he's like, the only way to kill it is like you have to. You have to tear out its heart, like, right after it's eaten when it's weak. And, like, yeah, she finds it in the mine, like, and it's been eating a bear. Like, we see it eating the bear, like, when she comes in. But it literally just does just sort of, like, walk at her, and she picks up, like, a piece of rebar and, like, stabs it a bunch of times in the heart, and then it dies. She never really feels like she's in danger to me. And I think that that's my my biggest problem with that scene because, like, otherwise it's so fucking cool, but I don't... It never feels like she's really in danger. Yeah, it would have been neat if, like, she'd been stalked by it a little bit. Again, if they were, like, on their way up there, that really would have solved that. And we don't need to see it Hunting it through the woods, Just being stalked. Like, like, just knowing that it's there, that it's after them. It's true. It It is cool after she kills it, though. She, like, grabs the knife and, like cuts its heart out that was dope yeah uh, that's that great pretty sweet um and then right after uh i think we've we've said yeah. all our praise for like that sequence it really is like really well executed mm-hmm. i think you, you said it really well uh and to emphasize the not so great writing then we have the bit with the little brother immediately after yeah. um 
really slowly transforming and just kind of standing there. Yeah, just standing like you can see like he, there's like that gl- the glow oh. is starting inside his chest and it's like, "Oh, he's being taken over by the Wendigo now." And it's just like the dialogue here is just like really fucking stupid where like Carrie Russell's like, "I have to you know I have to do it." Like he's sick and Lucas is like, "He can get better." It's like See like, that you you, look, you can see, you have eyes. Your, look at your dad, dog. You like, have he's eyes. Look at him right over there. Yeah. Like, come on, man. It's like he can get better. It's like no, he can't get better. Yeah, he can get better. And then finally, she convinces him. Is like, don't look. And then you know, off screen, she stabs a child to death. <laughs> I mean, who's in the process of transforming into uh, a horrible monster who she's just killed one of. Um, so it's necessary, but, like, it's so fucking hokey. It it absolutely just feels like a, a fucking heartstrings moment, and it's like, that's why I wish they had turned the little brother into a Wendigo also, because you still could have had that same thing it's like ah that's my fight that's my little brother i was supposed to protect him or whatever but he's become a monster you know like so yeah like it's just people like feeling like because because they are making changes they're making smart changes to the source material is what it sounds like to me which is a hot bummer it's like yeah like sometimes just let it be you know well that's the thing like the source in the source material it's like she takes him back she takes lucas back to her house and is like taking care of him and then the dad and the brother just show up and just like murder her Dope. And then and like take Lucas away. And, like, I kind of I kind of oh, yeah, wish Lucas different. would have killed the brother, right? It would have felt, felt like closure. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like she she talks him into it, and then he's like, "No, it has to be me." Well, like, she would have been. She kills the big been, one. It would have been like, a little cliche. And, and then it, yeah. it, no, well, no, but it gives Lucas agency. You know, like it, yeah. it lets Lucas break the cycle or whatever. You know, yeah. like um, which which yeah, like would have a lot more power and not make Lucas. Like again, I I recognize that he's a he's a child, but even still, he's a child who is like has eyes, you know. Like he saw like his dad like eat. Well, yeah, people. and he was like locking his dad and his brother like in the attic for like presumably like several weeks and like fending for himself and like hiding this dark, terrible yeah, secret. Like he understands like, what's going yeah, on. Yeah, no, like he knows what's going on. Like, sure, I mean, certainly he can be in denial about it or whatever, and like be be like you know, torn up by, by there's the an reality. Yeah. Right. But like, don't just, and, like, don't that's just it. like, he's going to get better. It's like, no, he's not like you've, you've shown yourself throughout the rest of the movie to be like a, a like a savvy character. Yeah. Like, sa- like you have to be like kind of smart who's, and resourceful. Who's, doing, do who's doing what needs to be done. Right. And then that, in, I, I don't know in that, in that moment, he just, it, like I said, in in the last the last like ten minutes of the movie, it's like all the characters develop like stupid character syndrome, and it's it's kind of frustrating. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the movie just ends with I guess maybe a setup for a sequel. Actually, because like here's the thing, I really like this beat at the end. Oh, um, really? I do. <laughs> I think I think it was heavy handed. I think uh, a lot of it. I had to think about it. I I don't think I really liked it in the moment, but I think. Part of why I didn't like it in the moment was because of, like, the previous sequence we talked about where he steps in front of, like, his brother whose, like, body is being ripped apart, you know, by this evil monster. Yeah. You know, to say, like, no, it's fine. And all the other sequences we've talked about, I think, kind of put me in the wrong headspace for it. Um, Then, you know, like, a, a fairly cynical one. But here's the thing. There's a really cool moment 
where I think honestly, like, and again too, like if you just cut out like the the more heavy handed aspects of abuse, it would have felt really cool and really deft. But there was a moment of dialogue where the brother says to the sister, you don't know what he did to me while I was gone or something along those lines. And it's enough to imply that potentially he was also abused. Right. And almost certainly he was. And so to have the movie end with a little bit of dialogue between them being like, oh, man, you know, like we're going to have to raise this like wild child or whatever, but, you know, it's going to be fine or whatever. And then her and the little kid going off and us seeing him with the glow in his chest. Or he coughs up a little bit of black goo. Yeah, Yeah. it's like cool. Like I wouldn't even say it's cliche. I'm saying it's, it's very classically monster movie to be like. You know, like you think you've got him, and then oh, right at the end, you know, roll credits. Like yeah, the monsters, like, oh, the, the killer's the still monster, out there. The monster can't be defeated. Yeah, it's it's the guest. Uh, it's uh, you know, um, it's fucking. Because uh, the, the it's don't a, breathe. The like like an idea. Yeah, it's we not, we, we yeah. both loved the guest and don't breathe, and they end the same way. Like mm-hmm. like the killer's still out there is a fine motif. It's a fine theme. It's a fine. It's it's classical horror. Like and again, this this movie does a lot of other things. It's classically horror. Frankly. I don't have a problem with it. I think it's all the other stuff just, like, sets my expectations in a weird place, and it, it doesn't ring as well as it could. I think it could have been a little less direct, again, in that sequence. Um, maybe, like, there's just a, a pause, and maybe, and he goes to check his hand and we don't see. Something like that, you know? But, like, I, I really like how that's set up with him just saying, like, you don't know about me. And, and, yeah, and then, like, oh, shit. And then, like, look. He can also be a vessel for this monster. It's all it's cool. Just, it's just Neat. a little. It feels a little too on. Just like everything. In this well, movie, and again, it feels and again, a little like, too on the nose. It wouldn't have been if the other parts weren't. Sure, and exactly. so I, th- I think like that's on something I wouldn't want to see changed. I think if if the other stuff is is like like surgically removed or whatever, like that's fine. I, I think as an idea goes, that's a good one because the setup for that is subtle. In that instance, it's just. Unfortunately, it's it's not because like the rest of the theme that's tied to that setup is really heavy handed, and I so like it, it doesn't work. I think it would have been more interesting if uh, he hadn't have been like wounded by the Wendigo earlier in the film, because like then I think it would have been more impactful that like the the curse transfers to like people who can harbor it you know and that i think that says i think that says more about like yeah what jesse plemons might have gone through as a child like after carrie russell ran off or whatever that like he is like as a human being like he is ripe for harboring like Mm -hmm. the the wendigo's curse But, but because he got he got you know, uh, wounded earlier, like when in the shed, like when it was trying to bash through the wall, like one of its antlers, like went through his shoulder or whatever. So it, it's literally like infected him with the virus. Like, I feel like that's, that's the part of it where it's like a little too, you know, bonking you on the head with it a little, like, I, I feel like that would have been, it would have been nicer if they had done that that ending a little bit more subtly where like they implied that like oh yeah maybe the curse has passed on to Jesse Plemons instead of just like having him cough up some black goo and be like oh he's the wendigo now that it's just like it, just like every other aspect of this movie it's like it says too much it should be it should be a little bit more subtle i think but anyway um do you want to rate yeah sure uh who wants to start i'll go Three. Three? It's fine. Yeah. It would be a 2.5, but man, any movie that's going to have a puppet monster in it, like, it's going to get, it's going to get just at least a little bit of a bump. 
for it. But uh, overall, you know, everything we've we've harped on about this film, it's middle of the road. But uh, man, when it shines, it really shines. So I'm going to give a little extra for that. So it's a little more than than you know, like the middle. You know, like five is our top. So like two point five. It's a little more than two point five above. I'm going to give yeah. it a three. Yeah. Then I saw three. Uh, yeah, I think this movie is full of a lot of good stuff, you know, like the opening sequence is great, the production design is great, the creature design is great, the acting is pretty good. There's a lot of good elements to this movie, and honestly, I would recommend people check it out. Maybe not in theaters, maybe check it out when it's showing a billion times on cable. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, But when it's showing on TV, just... Stop and watch it. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's worth it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think it's a great movie. In fact, I was joking about this before we started recording, but it's going to completely leave my mind as soon as we stop recording and i'm not going to remember it whatsoever a year from now we had that whole conversation before the podcast started being like oh you know like are we gonna be able to remember like everything because like it was already starting to like fall from our minds a little bit yeah Yeah. because we saw it a little over or yeah just about a week ago i think yeah and honestly I kind of feel the same way about the other Scott Cooper movies I've seen. They really have that feel of like, oh yeah, that was a movie. That was, I, a, good, that was a good movie. I, I don't guess remember I remember anything about it. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this movie definitely falls in that camp, but I think what it does well, it does really well. And like, there's some great scenes in it. Transformation scenes, great. And again, the opening scenes, great. I think there's enough good that I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. Very fair. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much right there exactly with you, Ben. Um, I thought this was a, a pretty decent film. Uh, I would, I would watch it again. I wouldn't go out of my way to see it, but, uh, if I was definitely looking for something that I didn't have to pay a ton of attention to, to just kind of put on, like I would, I would absolutely, you know, <laughs> do that for this movie. Sure. Uh, I, I do think that like truly the, the creature design is like so cool in this movie. It's probably one of my favorite creatures in horror, in a horror movie in like at least this year, if not like within the last couple of years. Uh, I, I think the monster is great, uh, and it does a lot of the heavy lifting, and there's some some really great scenes with it. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna also give it a three and a half out of five. Tell you what, I'll, I'll go ahead and bump it up. As you well. think so? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah solidarity. Okay. Uh, and uh, you, you know, like the, the the creature design is extremely good. It's great. It's like, great. And, and, um, like, and yeah, like 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 yeah, three point five. And the good. fact that and the That's fact that they good. like they went out of their way to build a puppet of it at the for for the for the climax instead of to just cg it like just about anybody else would uh i i think i think that's a a really a really great instinct and i think it pays off in a really big way um and uh yeah so uh with you bumping yours up that's a unanimous three and a half out of five uh for antlers we uh we have we did predict this one we did we have i was just double checking to verify now so tease you predicted on Rotten Tomatoes, that this movie would get an 80. Ooh, that's too high. Uh, Cleve, you said 79. And uh, I, said, I said 67. That feels closer. And <laughs> it turned out to be a 61 okay. on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that feels right. That feels right. Um, yep. And so, uh, Tease, you predicted 
we, this would get a collective rating of 3.3. Uh, Cleve, you predicted this would get a collective rating of 3.5. Hey! <laughs> and I predicted a 3. Okay, you... If you if you had not changed your score, I would have gotten it spot on. If you had stuck with three, then the average would have been three point three, and I would have gotten it spot on. But you bumped it up. Damn, what a shame! Another point. Wow, for wow. It's, it's so funny because I did. I made that choice Rigged. like out of solidarity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, out of uh, uh, salivary uh, for violence. No, no, no. Um, uh, or uh, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, I did it out of solidarity. Like, like. For for the boys and uh, my my and it ended up my winning, group it ended sacrifice up ended up point. benefited me nice. benefiting me I want to know because yeah. Um, yeah I had no fucking idea that's what the rating was so uh, <laughs> very good very good yeah good oh, yeah. Uh, damn it was good yeah solidarity uh, wins again uh, all right. and, and by that I mean I win again that's ah. right I was gonna say yeah, since we're not since we're not watching it. Oh, do we have other numbers? Let me double check if the Ghostbusters Ooh. rating is out yet. All right, while you're double is that checking, even out? Uh, this episode is uh, brought to you by who? Who's this episode brought to us by? Oh, sponsor shelf. Oh, sponsor shelf. Oh, sponsor shelf. It's too early to be singing this. All right. Um. Uh. 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 uh <laughs> This episode is uh, sponsored by the smell of toast that precedes a massive stroke. Um, are you smelling toast? Uh, you should, you should, uh, like, you should get some paramedics on the phone. Uh, if you're smelling toast, uh, you know, that, that's probably what's going on. Or you're listening to the podcast, and uh, that is sort of a side effect of listening to us talk after a while. If you're smelling toast, ask yourself two questions. One, are you making toast? <laughs> Two, am I listening to pod people? Two, am I listening to the podcast? If the answer to either of those questions is no, then you should call 911. Well, there you go. Yeah, so I guess uh, today's episode is a PSA. Very good. All right. Do you, okay, serious question for a second. Do you think they, sm- they sell, like, burnt toast novelty candles as a gag gift? Oh man, to trick somebody into thinking they're having a stroke? Yeah. Because if not, like, that's. Big if, big if that's, a, that's a prime. That's a mean prank. <laughs> like, I, I'll say it. Like, like I, I, you know, like, a, a, a good goof or gaff every once in a while is fine or fun. But maybe tricking your friend like, into thinking they're, like, literally dying maybe, is, like, maybe not really a nice thing to do. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't have like, to be a gag gift. Maybe somebody just wants to smell toast. If, if someone. Yeah, but, but what Ben is presenting is, like, like it's, it's, it's manufactured in, like, so as hey trick your friends into thinking they're dying <laughs> um uh like yeah like it's it's a funny bit if someone did it to me or like i heard about someone else doing it i'd be like kind of a dick move but like i wouldn't think that much less of the person but i wouldn't do it like uh, it, 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 it's a dick move like it's it's not it's, nice. it's kind like, of funny though. it's, it's, a it's dick kind move, of funny but also, like i think that you would figure out pretty quickly that you're not actually when having dying a stroke. yeah that's true it, when you when you proceed to not then have a stroke it's kind of you know? Yeah, I mean. it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty gaslighty for sure. A little bit. Yeah. Um, anyway, do we have Ghostbusters? Yes, numbers? we do. Oh, um, Jesus Christ. With forty six reviews in, I'm not going to worry about next week because fuck it. No, no, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Reviews on this movie. Don't we're we're not seeing the new we're, Ghostbusters. We're not. Nope. Yeah. Uh, it has a seventy two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Not great. Not terrible. Uh, Tease, you predicted this would get a fifty six. 
Cleve, you predicted it would get a 70. Damn. Oh. And I predicted it would get a 44. <gasps> oh, oh, oh. Another one again. Cleave. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that's all we, we obviously don't yeah, have. Yeah, we don't have ratings, collective ratings, but I do want to say that Cleve, you predicted we would give it a collective rating of 3.75. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, I think we'd probably give it considerably lower than that. Um, uh, well, next week, uh, we have finally ended our streak of uh, of new films. Uh, we're back into picks, and it's Cleveland's pick. But I do believe you've picked a 2021 film for us, haven't you? Yes. So um, it's not a brand new film, but it did come out this year. Or is it 2020? The the time has, just keeps on slipping. Who knows? Yeah, Uh it's called, we're watching Caveat. Is that Steely Dan who did the slipping into the Steve future? Miller band. Steve Miller band. There we go. Yeah, that. Anyway, time is doing that. It's a flat circle. You get it. Um, yeah, we're going to be watching uh, Caveat. And, Which uh, is a film that I know literally nothing about. Yeah, I've me never either. heard of it. I've never seen the trailer. I don't know shit about it. I know it's the comparison I often hear is a nationality and then a comparison to another film. I'm not going to say it. Please don't look it up. Like, okay. yeah, I'm not, like, I'm not gonna, I'm because not I've also heard that. it, it yeah. doesn't really do the film like that comparison doesn't do the film a disser- uh, or uh, any services. So I'm really curious to see what this film is like and about. Um, uh, and yeah, we're hopefully going to be getting my buddy uh, Jans Holstrom uh, from Dread XP, yes. also uh, one of my colleagues, returning uh, uh, on from, again. Yeah, he uh, he joined us for Grave Encounters earlier yeah. this year, which was uh, which was a blast. That so was a great episode. Hopefully, we'll yeah. be able to have him back. So yeah, if you. Uh, if that sounds fun to you, then join us for next week's episode. Yeah, we're going to uh, watch some caveat. We've already done the sponsor. We did things, we did a little bit of how to order, but uh, that's Leave okay. Shit. Uh, if you like the show, then leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Write us a review. Tell us how did you feel about Antlers. I, I don't really care, but... I, I care. I want to know anyway. <laughs> I care what you have to say legitimately. Uh, yeah, don't listen to Tease. <laughs> I give a shit. Yeah, some of us care around here. Some of us. You, uh, listener, I love you. Don't listen to uh, him. Unequivocally. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Made it unequivocally. Just do it or not. Do it or not. Fuck uh, it. But if, yeah, leave us leave us a, leave us a five-star rating. Uh, and if you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Uh, we got a few different subscriber tiers for uh you to to contribute to if you so choose uh thanks as always to our honorary pod boys sam simon and sarah morris you can follow us on twitter at pod people pod and at letterbox.com slash pod people pod where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews you can find me on Twitter at some spooky snake. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And I'm occasionally tweeting for Lidark Studio as we further put out progress on its stairs back. Um, most recently, The Drowned Queen. Join our Discord. Uh, check out our website, lidarkstudio.com. And uh, uh, yeah, find us there. Um, uh, you can also find my work uh, with uh, Dread XP, of course, on the many games we have uh, coming soon. Uh, go go check out DreadXP.com uh, for that matter. We just redid our website. It looks fucking rad now. And you can see all the cool like articles on game news we're putting out. And of course, all of our super cool games. I just illustrated a dope banner for it. So when you go to the landing page, there's a super cool like image of like all the games we got working on, you know, we're working on right now. You've got Spookware. You've got My Friendly Neighborhood with uh, with cool puppets uh, in a Resident Evil format. We've got 
uh, uh, my uh, Sucker for Love. You, we've got Dread Delusion. Like there are so many cool games. Uh, uh, where I think we're past like when we're doing our publisher bundle right now. But um, uh, there's there's a lot of really cool stuff uh, in our pipeline right now. You can go to Steam. You can wish list any of those games. Um, and check them out for when they come out. Or, of course, just go and get Spookware or play any of the collection games as well. There's a lot of really cool stuff that Dread XP is putting out. And I highly recommend going and checking them out. That's it from me. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And until next time, I'll leave you with, uh, with this to ponder. What if there was a deer, but it had a gun? <gasps> Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future.